0: Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast.
1: I am your host, Leanne DeSanto. I am so excited to be here with you today and honored that you are with us. This podcast is here to stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. So today's expert is Ginny Saswati. Now, Ginny is an amazing award-winning journalist and founder of Ginny Media. She is an absolute hoot. And as a matter of fact, she left Paula Abdul in a laughing fit she's interviewed some of the greats such as Katie Lang, Jennifer Beals, Martina Navratilova, the list goes on and on and she is the founder of Jenny Media and which is a boutique podcast production company which serves entrepreneurs, celebrities, influential organizations around the world. She is from Sri Lanka, grew up in Australia and now lives in New York. So she has been around the block. She's absolutely terrific. I'm so excited to share her with you today. So rise up for you, enjoy this episode. As we welcome Ginny Sashwati. well, welcome Ginny to the Rise Up for You podcast. We're so excited to have you today,
2: Leanne. Thank you so much for having me. I used to have a breakfast show called Rise Up, so I kind of feel like I'm back on air with my co-host. So thank you so much for your time today.
1: Excellent, love it, love it, and love your studio. Looks great.
2: Thank you. I thought I'd bring out the whole kind of you know shemuzzle for you to kind of give you the whole experience.
1: Love it, love it, beautiful. Well, let's start off by um, you sharing with our audience who you are and what you do.
2: Sure. So uh, lovely listeners of, of the Rise Up podcast, um, my name is Ginny Sarasvati. I am uh, Sri Lankan born. That's hence the looks and the adorable package. Um, <laughs> so born in Sri Lanka, we my family migrated to the land down under Australia when I was two, hence my very cute accent. <laughs> uh, and now 20, 30 years later, after we moved to Australia, I now live in New York City, which confuses the hell out of people because I look a certain way and I sound a certain way and I live where I do. So people are like, where are you from? (laughs) Um, What I do is day-to-day I um, have various empowering conversations which happen to be recorded and uh, put out into the world as a podcast. So I I masquerade that as a podcast show. But uh, for a living, I'm actually a podcast producer. So I get to have the privilege of producing and putting out audio content and conversations from various people around the world, from various backgrounds to your ears um, through my company, Ginny Media, which we uh, produce over uh, 30 podcasts for entrepreneurs and Fortune 500 companies. So that's what I do day-to-day, Leanne, and, and that's what brings me here into this conversation. Went to our podcast.
1: Love it. Love it. Exactly.
2: Well, oh, <laughs> it's fabulous. And that's what we're all about here, Rides Up For You, as well. Just
1: uh, what is that deeper conversation? How can we get those uh, amazing, uh, you know, Stories and um, learnings and you know wisdom into the world. So that's really exciting that you do that. So how did you, how did that journey get you to where you are now?
2: Right. So it's been an interesting journey, Leanne, because growing up, um, I was uh, the brown kid in Australia in my area. I grew up in, a, in an area called Fairfield, and then we moved to Northgate, which is nowadays. Like, it's big hipsterville, But at the time that uh, my family moved to Australia and we moved to that area in Australia, there weren't very many brown people, let's just say, for want of a better (laughs) word. So when we moved there, um, you know, I was kind of, I felt a little bit different. I felt like no one around here looks like me why did we leave Sri Lanka? I didn't approve of this. Even though I was two years old, I knew there was a a sense of, you know, displacement to some extent. Mm. So, you know, I kind of felt like a little bit of an outsider and also, you know, growing up in a Sri Lankan environment, you know, homosexuality is still illegal in the country. And I being a gay woman as well felt a little bit different. So I knew that at some point in my life, I had to really explore that or uncover that or dive into what that meant what my identity was so I went through school majority of school I was quiet I, you know I, was, I kind of did my own thing I wasn't very loud or rowdy and then in ninth grade I met my best friend who's still to date my best friend and she was just one of those one of the first people that I met if not the first person that I met who was 100% comfortable in herself like she was very out there very loud <laughs> um, she's kind of tamed over the years but she was just very much comfortable to be herself and she she'd always crack a joke and always you know get the room laughing so Mm -hmm. I started to kind of open up a little bit there because I felt safe and comfortable to do so and it led me to you know studying theater and arts at university and I explored radio as well on the side the station called Joy 94.9 and while I did radio, I absolutely loved it. So I did that for 10 years on and off. I had a a breakfast or morning show, as you call it. One of them was called Rise Up.
1: Mm, And
2: uh, I found that I loved having these conversations and meeting different people. And there's so much about a conversation that you can walk away from it with you found wisdom or knowledge, and you can look at life in a way that you'd never had before. And all it takes is that one conversation to create something. So that's Mm. what's manifested into what I've created to be a podcast production company but really what we're doing is putting out conversations about different things into the world into your ears and into your hearts and minds so it inspires you or helps you look at life differently or you know add value to your life in some way.
1: Mm, Love that wow what a journey I mean let's talk a little bit more about that um, you know just growing up in that atmosphere that was so different, you know, for you and you maybe being perceived as different, being treated yeah. differently. Um, how did you manage and navigate that as, as a, you know, from that young adult or, or youngster, you know, moving through the, <laughs> the phases of life through adolescence through, because I think so many people, even in adulthood struggle with that. Like, who am I? What's my identity? My culture says I should be this. My religion says I should be this, but it doesn't yeah. resonate for me. It doesn't feel right. So Take us through that a little bit, those either conversations you either had with yourself or how you really broke through that and and moved through some of those challenges.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think when I was growing up as well, like my mom was very, very Catholic. Like she this is someone who, like, you know, went to church frequently. My grandmother was the same. She always used to tell me off going, You need to do a holy hour. It only takes fifteen minutes, even though it's cold holy hour for her it took 15 minutes um and yeah sometimes I'd do it and I I, you know I went to church I also served and there was this conflicting um internal struggle in me because I was like the church is saying one thing my parents are saying one thing or sorry my mother because I was raised by a single mother my mother's saying one thing and also you know my family is saying one thing what is wrong with me and I think that dialogue that I had that I mentioned before about you know growing up in an environment that you're so different in it kind of added A narrative to that dialogue or that internal story that I was telling myself and a lot of that time Leanne I found that I was going through high school I went to an all-girls Catholic school which is great you know obviously for fostering your lesbian tendencies (laughs) no I'm joking Um, (laughs) but also when you're in that Catholic environment um, when you're in that Catholic environment you I, I had a fear that I would be judged and I remember like when a few people in my year level in eighth grade found out that I could possibly be a certain way, because I had a crush on a teacher at the time and people were like, Oh, Ginny is gay. And they kind of started putting labels on me, which I wasn't really ready for. And even though that's what I identify as, as a lesbian or a gay woman, I wasn't really ready to, to be like labeled and boxed and have all these questions asked at me, which I didn't know anything about. I didn't really know what it looked like, what it sounded like. So I was quite, fearful of that too. And I guess I masqueraded that fear with, you know, after I met my best friend, I was a little bit more lighter and outgoing. I think I masqueraded that in a sense, that fear with, with this personality. And then, you know, after I left high school, I realized, no, I can't masquerade any longer because it's such a heavy burden to constantly have to hide who you are and and to be that way. So it, there's a lot of fear involved there, Leanne, And, you know, fear is one of those things that it's absolutely crippling, but on the other side of it, it teaches us so much. There's so much wisdom that you gain from working through fear. So not just having fear, but actually actively working through fear. And I think for me, working through that was the most rewarding experience of my life too. And it led me to, to meditation and spiritual practice and really diving into, you know, who I really am and, being in alignment with who I really am. Because at the end of the day, I think, for me, I always believe that happiness should be your ROI on everything, on what you do for a living, for how you live your day-to-day. That should be your North Star. And everything that I was doing around fear wasn't putting happiness as my, as my North Star. And I think over time when you put fear before happy, that's what manifests. You, mm. you live a fearful life where you feel like you have to hide. But, I'm, you know, fortunately for me, I don't have to deal with that anymore.
1: Right, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, this this idea of I want to talk a little bit more about the fear side because I think a lot of people, I kind of see two sides of the coin. Where sometimes it's like be fearless, have no fear. Sure. But then it's like okay, but is that realistic? Is that you know because mm. we're hardwired for fear, right, and for like okay, protection, survival, all of that. So. You know, a little bit of fear is good. A little bit of stress is good. A little bit of this stuff—that's what helps us grow. But when it gets to be too much and shuts us down, that's the flip side of it, right? So it's—it's it's like yeah. how do we balance that in a world that, yeah, is saying all this, don't be fearful. But when we feel it, or you know, uh, God forbid, you have a pain or have a bad mood, here's a pill for that, right? It's—you <laughs> know—it's like feeling those emotions and being okay in it, not living in it for you know, ever, but how do we navigate, you know, what would you recommend just based or, or, or share with our audience on, you know, through your story? Cause it's so powerful that, you know, helped you get through that. I know you said humor, like, you know, I feel like that was kind of part of that. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think humor was with fear. And I think you raised a great point there, Leanne too, on like, you know, how some of it is necessary, because I think fear does to some extent teach you boundaries. Like if I am to do that, this may happen, and That's okay in some way, shape, or form. I think that where fear can cripple you is where you prevent yourself from doing something that makes you happy or pursuing a life that brings you happiness because Mm. you're afraid of what other people may think. Mm. I think living a life on other people's terms and other people's approval is where the fear part can be crippling, which is what I was doing when I was going through fear. Um, Sorry, I forgot your question because I was in this deep mode, Leanne. What was it again?
1: Yeah, (laughs) no, I think you answered it. Yeah, it's just that, you know, navigating that and, and again, the balance of being okay, understanding and recognizing it for what it is. Okay. I'm a little insecure. I'm a little, um, you know, scared of the situation or scared of this sure. conversation or, you know, how do you, uh, I guess, you know, step into your truth because you had to step into your, like this, I'm have a lot of masks on here and I need to take these off and step into my truth.
2: Yeah, I think for me, one of the biggest, and still to this day, one of the biggest things that helps me kind of work through fear or overcome it is is my inner circle. And I mm. think, um, and this is one of my favourite quotes, I'll probably mention another one when you ask me again, Leanne, mm. but one of my favourite quotes from Rumi, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it says, your environment can be stronger than your will. And I'm a big believer in that. I think mm. the people that you surround yourself with, the energy that they bring to your life, the value that they bring to your life can really influence you for the positive or the negative, depending on what kind of energy they bring to your life. And I think when it comes to fear and working through fear, for me, that was a huge cornerstone. And, you know, my friendships and how I invest my time, I'm constantly reevaluating it because, Mm. you know, and, and when I say that sometimes, I don't mean to sound callous, but I think when it comes to a friendship, there's got to be a mutual kind of value that you bring to each other's life. Do you inspire each other? Do you love each other unconditionally? All these things that you bring to the table in a friendship or any kind of relationship of some sort, it's got to be valuable for both parties because if you're bringing one party down, it's not valuable for them and you're not being of service to yourself by constantly being in that negative mode to bring someone down. So I think definitely relationships was a key cornerstone for me to overcome fear. Another thing was uh, <laughs> I've, I've always been curious and um, there's no puns intended about sexuality there, but I've always been <laughs> curious about, you know, It's development, spiritual development, the human condition. I've always been Mm. like curious as to why humans act the way they do. Why do they think the way they do? Why do they behave a certain way? And for me, that's what led me to uh, you know spirit my down my spiritual path and you know reading books and you know learning about myself and my limitations that I've set for myself and why I set those limitations. And then I look around me and why have these people set these limitations for themselves? So I think those two things, you know, just a general curiosity for the human condition has helped me work through fear because it's helped me grow through empathy. Um, I can, mm. you know, empathize with other people and, you know, relate to what they've gone through on some level to understand this is why the way that they are. And ob- obviously having the support, uh, of the relationships around me.
1: Mm, I love that. It's so, it's so true because I feel like sometimes we're getting less and less, empathetic as a culture right it's it's either absolutely on my side or you're not on my side you know it's like this absolutely (laughs) instead right instead of the you know all the nuances and all the gray that lies in between that sometimes gets shoved aside in the um you know in the opinions and the justifications rationalizations whatever right and that fight of the You know, the ego wanting to be right and wanting to, you know, state your case, right? So, and yeah, yeah. so it's, it's kind of navigating that and being, like you said, the curiosity I think is so powerful because it's, it's like, okay, I, maybe I don't agree or I don't quite understand, but tell me more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it also comes down to Leanne, not judging yourself or judging others. Mm. I think. You know, we're very used to, we have to, like what I was talking about, a label being put on me, we have to box things constantly. Oh, this person's this way because they're this. I think we we are quick to jump to judgment because we just want to file it away and sort it out very quickly. Right. And um, I think judgment is one of those things also that, you know, can also cripple us alongside fear if we start judging ourselves um, and judging others as a result as well.
1: Right, absolutely. And I think it's that's the... That's the key to, uh, you know, first, it's first that judgment and, and, and forgiveness for ourselves, right? For that. Absolutely. You know, before yeah. we can give it to anybody else, but I, we are, you know, we're our own worst critics, right? So it's like, how do we, yeah. do, we do that? Right. How do we, yeah. we we recognize when we're judging or living in the past or, or you know, still being angry at the person that did us wrong twenty years ago, and which creates a physiological <laughs> response, which you know, it's like a downstream effect of illness and a lot of things, right? So absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that part is so um, it's so interesting, and and I think it's it can be, um, you know, because oftentimes when I talk to people and I'm coaching people, it's like, well, but how do I do that?
2: How do I do that? How do I just right. stop
1: judging? <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, I think we're, humans, we're very impatient, um, and I think sometimes we, the blessing and the curse that we have is we swim in that sea of forgetfulness sometimes, that we forget that's you know, some all good things sometimes take time, and, like, we want that instant kind of, what does this mean, what does this mean, it's just human nature, but it's, it's also in a fact that it, it causes us to lose perspective sometimes, and as a result, lose patience. <laughs> yeah,
1: right, and I think, too, it's, we're in the world of instantaneous, right, we can pick Absolutely. up our smartphone, and Google anything and get instantaneous information, yeah. and, and so I think when something does take a little longer or is a process, we can get frustrated with this because with it because we're training our brain that you know no I want it now I want it now you
2: know <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely hundred <laughs> percent yeah so
1: it's like balancing that right so yeah give us some um if there's in terms of of helping to navigate the fear moving through it the judgment uh, the self criticism as well as, you know, criticizing others. What, what are some ways that you can share with our audience and that you do in your own life that, um, just kind of get you out of that faster? You know, cause I always say life mastery isn't about never getting triggered, never having yeah. these feelings, but what, just not living in it as long, like shortening that period of time. What would
2: you recommend? Right. now that's a great question, Leanne. And I, and I love how you kind of phrase that too. I think for me, when I look at something in my life and and how I try not to judge it, sometimes I have human days. I'm a human and I, I, every day is a human day for me, but I, sorry, I should say some days I have very human experiences (laughs) Uh, in the sense of, you know, I jump quick to judgment. I jump quick to anger. I jump quick to certain things, but what I try to cultivate and what I'm, sorry, I should rephrase that. What I'm practicing to cultivate is when a situation, you know, is presented to me, I asked myself a few questions. One is, what is this teaching me? Um, Secondly, Mm. is this kind of theme coming up in my life constantly? Recently, um, I had a theme come up constantly about my needing to draw boundaries on how giving I was about my time, my money, Mm. my service, whatever it may have been. I had kept coming up as a theme. And I'm like, this is a constant theme here. I think I need to kind of learn how to navigate this. Otherwise, what I found with the universe or whatever you call the source in your belief, I agree with you, but whatever you call that source, there'll constantly be examples coming up in your life that will make you deal with that particular theme. So my theme was speaking up and drawing boundaries. So I had to really meditate on it. So I think if you really take a step back. And I think it's very hard when you're so emotionally invested in a circumstance to take a step back. But Mm -hmm. I am practicing when something happens not to immediately react. Mm -hmm. I want to be in a space where I can Bond in an empowered way. So, I, I first thing I do is I take myself out of that situation, and that can be in many ways, shapes, or forms. that like you can say to yourself, I'm going to take my energy out of this, and that is a great way to look at a situation for what it is, rather than having your emotions or you know certain beliefs skew that perception of that situation. That's the first thing that I do. The second thing I do is, What is this teaching me? and it could be a theme that's coming up for you to tackle. Or for you to overcome, and that theme will keep coming up until you've mastered it. If you ever do master it in this lifetime, mm. it, it's entirely up to what, how it, whatever skills that you acquire. And I think the other thing that I do is I I like to journal my thoughts on what I've learned. So when it keeps coming back, I look back at that scenario and I look at the similarities and the differences. I know that sounds quite clinical, but I found journaling to be one of the most rewarding. Um, morning habits that I've incorporated into my routine in the morning or just habits in general because it just allows you to also dump your thoughts onto a, a piece of paper and actually let it out in some way. Um, you know, you could talk to a friend about it or whatnot, but to actually be still and do that. So I think it's really important when you are going through something or going through fear, whatever it may be, that you really do look at the situation as a whole. What is it teaching you? um how have you contributed to that situation because we are co-creators right if you're in a relationship with someone friendship or romantic relationship you know you're both creating that space or that energy or that circumstance you have together so what can you do next time better to communicate what you need or communicate what desired outcome that you would like so i think there's a level of accountability a level Mm -hmm. of reflection um so you can respond in a powered way and it's a level of taking your Energy out of a situation that can really help you.
1: Hmm. Accountability and personal responsibility, right? Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. No, I, <laughs> I mean that's so important. And just everything starts with that awareness, right? Like you said, it's like, what, why is this a theme? Why does this keep happening? What you know, what's this about? Why do I'm, I get you know hooked around that or triggered around that? Or but being curious and asking yourself those questions, right? Yeah. And then through there, it Absolutely. sounds like the journaling, some meditation, and just being quiet with yourself to 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 source those answers
2: yeah and even like I think for me the topic of you know how get generous or giving or whatnot it comes up for me a lot and I think it's because predicated on the fact that I have two very generous parents who are to a fault boundaryless in their generosity so I've mm. grown up with that with my mom she was constantly giving my dad is the same way I didn't grow up much around with but as a person he's very generous. So I've learned that that's in my DNA. So I have to constantly battle those beliefs, what I've seen growing up and also, you know, learn how to um, draw boundaries around that generosity. So yeah, absolutely mm. right. Leanne It's constantly revisiting that accountability and how you've somehow contributed to this.
1: Right. Right. How you're showing up, because like you said, the only thing you can control is your reaction, your response, you know, absolutely response able, right. Responsible for you, what you're bringing, the energy you're bringing to the room, to the relationship, to, um, you know, your coworkers, whatever the case may be. And that's, and I think that that's a tough one because it's so easy for us as humans to blame, right? It's his fault. He's making me do this. She's making me do this.
2: right? Absolutely. And I think the blame, the interesting thing I find is, I don't know if you've ever had this friend, um, whatever you want to call this particular friend, but they have a, they have the same circumstance happening in their life. Like they're like, Oh, I always meet a man who, you know, constantly does this, or I always meet a woman who constantly does this. And they go through several relationships of the same kind of energy. And at the end, they're like, why me? It's like what I think they fail to realize to move them to the next level or help them move on to a happier place is that, they haven't realized that they're the common denominator in all those relationships. So there's got to be some accountability in there. What are you doing to create these kinds of relationships? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I, I see it happen quite a lot with people's like, well, I've had seven housemates in the past year. I'm like, the only common denominator there is you. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> You've had seven other people live here, but you're exactly. all still here.
1: <laughs> exactly. I always love the quote, you know, we attract who we are, you know, not, absolutely want, not what we want, but even though that's a hard one to wrap your brain around, it's like, why? No, I, I don't understand. But you know, it's so yeah. true, right? Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Well, I could just talk to you forever. I mean, this is just such an a, amazing conversation because it's really the foundation. You know, it, it sometimes, um, I feel and maybe you've experienced this, that a lot of people when you're coaching or teaching or mentoring, they want the action steps. Like what's, you know, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Well, exactly. I was in the fitness world for 25 years and that was not true. (laughs) I could show people, tell people, and they still couldn't seem to do it. So it's really getting less about the to do's and the action. That's important of course, but it's, it starts with the awareness and the alignment, right? The awareness of what's going on. What do I truly want? The alignment of getting into that integrity and that, that alignment of, of how I'm showing up and then, okay, these are the action steps.
2: Exactly. And I think people don't realize that there's all these beliefs and triggers that are actually governing our decisions subconsciously, which is a whole different conversation, which I'm sure we can have another time (laughs) later. But exactly what you said, people want the action step. Okay, what do I do from get to A to B? I'm like, well, you need to go to the prequel first before we get to A to B. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, no, absolutely. I've encountered that too with with my line of work as well. It's like, oh, I want to get the best podcast in the world. I'm like, all right, we got to really go back. Right. to your why, why are you doing this podcast? And then we can move forward from there. <laughs> right.
1: No, exactly. Exactly. It's getting to, getting to that is so much more important than the to do's, but we're in that world of, you know, how to, how to, how to, and we can, we can Google that all day long and found the how to, but it's getting into who you really are because absolutely, you know, when the resistance comes up, the fear comes up, you know, or the, the shoulds come up, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. You know, then that, that comes into that self judgment, that criticism, that, uh, then what that can manifest as, as, you know, illness in the body as well. So it's, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. It's like, um, I remember, uh, was it the, when you're going through these thoughts, I think, again, I think we're quick to rush to judgment because we want that instant answer of what that actually means. And we want to attach a meaning to that thought. But I think if we can actually sit back and watch those thoughts and actually figure out what it's teaching us rather than jumping on them, judging them, labeling them and then moving on. life would be a whole lot happier
1: (laughs) right right the life is happening for us not to us but people don't want to look at that what do you mean this is happening for me it's like so horrible and you know it's like oh there's a lesson there there's such a juicy lesson in that
2: right yeah absolutely and I think you know some people are uh, kind of I think people don't realize too that that kind of curiosity or that kind of willingness to learn it's not easy like and i think that's also why i can empathize why people choose not to kind of dive into certain things like no, i don't want to deal with it i'm happy with my life it's like all right, whatever works for you you do you but yeah. um yeah
1: yeah <laughs> I mean, well definitely yeah there's no judgment in that either right The judgment exactly of, you should no be judgment more enlightened in that. you should be more spiritual or you should be more <laughs> do more of this or that where that can yeah. also be you know the side of the ego too right when people get into that space of thinking their way is the only way and it's just
2: it's yeah so, it's so many, there's so many an ways. attachment to an outcome yeah. and that's where the ego kicks in and absolutely. kind of takes over
1: yeah absolutely absolutely well wow this is so so powerful and I have a feeling we may need to do this again because a- absolutely I'd love to have, be on your
2: podcast again Leanne
1: absolutely. this has been amazing this Feel conversation like we're soul sisters I love it I love it <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So we always like to ask our guests a couple questions sure. to serve our audience. Yep. So, okay. The first one is, um, name one book. I know one book that might be hard to come up with one wow. book <laughs> that just had a, a massive impact on you or just really, really, you know,
2: move the needle for Right. Um. I would say one book that's have a ma- had a massive impact on me, it still has a massive impact on me because I still revisit it quite often, is Empowering Relationships by Shakti Durga, who was one of my first spiritual teachers, actually. Uh, it was a great book because it is a great book still, because it teaches you about the sides of the soul, the sides of humans. So when you meet someone else, say a lover, a, a friend, a partner, there's actually eight different types of personalities, sides of self that are going on there, and it's really helped me learn about different sides of you know personalities, different sides of relationships, how people approach relationships from like you know a victim consciousness or a persecutor consciousness. It's just been a life changing book in that sense because I really look at certain situations and relationships using that book as like my bible to that. Um, I shouldn't say the word Bible because I know it has religious connotations to it, but I use it kind of as my guide to how I look at my relationships and look at my contribution to that relationship. So Empowering Relationships by Shakti Dega, I highly recommend that if you haven't um, looked at that book yet. (laughs) Okay,
1: perfect. I'll have to get that as one I do not have on my shelf. (laughs) (laughs) All right, perfect. Um, Okay, how about one quote that you live by?
2: Oh, there's a cu- there's a couple. One that I, I really love is, uh, again, I'm probably paraphrasing this, book. I read this book again recently. Uh, a quote in Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Eat, Pray, Love, is you should select your thoughts like you select your clothes every day. And um, I'm a big believer in that. Again, humans, we have the power of choice. Unlike any other species on this planet, humans actually have choice. Lions, tigers, you know, they could roam around the earth. They could come to fifth Avenue right now and eat all the people there, but, and have no remorse for that because they're just doing their thing. But we, if we were to do that, humans would have remorse or choice or as a consequences of choice too. So I think, I think that's a very important thing. Like, selecting your thoughts like you would select your clothes and the other um Mm. quote that I love is by Maya Angelou uh when people show you who they are believe them Mm. um it's a very hard quote to kind of swallow because you know sometimes when you have emotions attached to certain people or relationships in your life you don't want to see people for who they are when they show you because you hope for something else and hope is such a beautiful thing and I think it it helps us you know envision things that can be so magnificent and beautiful but it also can in another sense, blind us to certain truths. So um, I think that's another quote that I like to live by as well. I don't always get it right, but uh, I like to live by it Yeah, no,
1: that's so true because, yeah, when they show you who they are the first time, right? Because so many times you might have had that little red flag or that little, you know, hair on the back of your neck and and you've been like... Uh no, it's, I mean, that's just me or I'm just, you know, not, you know, whatever. You don't trust your instincts, right? You don't trust your own intuition around that. Yeah. And then sometimes it can take you down a not so great path. So I love that. That's Absolutely. one of my favorites too. Love that. <laughs> okay. So if you could leave the world, which I think you've already left us with so many, one message, <laughs> one, message one message, one golden nugget.
2: Right. What would that be? Um. Again, I'm going to use a quote. And I'm ter- I'm terrible at remembering quotes but I paraphrase <laughs> them in my own way but um I think it was a Buddha or one of the the dalai Lamas uh, or one of the Buddhist uh, leaders in that tradition said that the problem is you think you have time um and I think that's something that humans take for granted subconsciously knowingly whatever it may be and I think for me the way I look at life at the moment time is my love language I know tomorrow if my business were to fall on its feet touch wood let's hope it doesn't. Um, I could get a new job and start again. But tomorrow, when I start tomorrow, the previous day is gone. So
1: Mm. you'll
2: never be able to make back time. You can always make money. Um, Mm. Time is always one of those things that, you know, you know, it will come to an end at some stage. So invest your time wisely because you will run one day run out of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, So how do we uh, find you and support you?
2: Oh, thank you, uh, Leanne. So um, I have a podcast called The Ginny Show, highly narcissistic name, um, but <laughs> you can <laughs> find me uh, on all the uh, social uh, media outlets, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at The Ginny Show. Okay, and right. um, if you want to find out more about my podcast production company, you can visit ginnymedia.com and Ginny Media on all the social media outlets out there.
1: com, Love it. Okay. One more question. So as you know, we're Let's called Rise Up for you. So when you hear that phrase "rise up for you," what
2: does that mean to you? I think for me, when I actually saw that um, come through my email, Ian, I thought, "Wow, what a great name! It's a great name for a breakfast show, which is what I had um, when I was on radio." But I think "rise up for you" is kind of like a beautiful way of uh, fostering self love, because mm-hmm. you know, when you rise up for you, when you put, when you rise up and you prioritize you first before your day and your to do list and your tasks and what you have to do for other people i think rise up for you is a beautiful message of how to cultivate and practice self love
1: mm. yeah absolutely absolutely well wow thank you thank you so much for your wisdom your heart i can feel it through the through the waves here <laughs> through the internet <laughs> waves
0: and
2: um, oh back and, at you, Leanne. it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure connecting with you yeah. i'm so glad we were able to have this conversation
0: Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.